0: Welcome to CoinGeek Conversations. Today, we're going to be looking at how Bitcoin SV could change social media and how Bitcoin fits into the wider tech scene. My guest is a journalist who covers all aspects of the tech business for ZDNet, and is also an expert on social media with her own book, Working the Crowd, Social Media Marketing for Business. Welcome Eileen Brown.
1: Thank you for having me. Nice to meet you. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller.
0: I wanted to start by uh, asking you about the subject of the uh, panel that you've just been on at the CoinGeek conference, which was about social media and the use of Bitcoin to, to monetize it. Do you think that that is the future of social media, that instead of just posting for free and looking for free, people are going to be paying for those uh, social media comments?
1: I think that the way that the traditional model is, is that the social media platforms have needed to find a way to pull the eyeballs into their platform, which is where you get the legacy advertising model it into. The way that uh, Bitcoin SV is going to change this is that you will be rewarded for your content depending entirely on what your viewers actually think of your content and what they see. You've completely cut out the third party here so you don't need to have advertisers anymore. This is going to be almost a direct peer-to-peer transaction from me to you for the quality of the content that you're going to put out.
0: In a way, it's easy to see the motivation of somebody to open a little business like that or even a big business. uh, But what is the motivation for the person who's just paying for stuff that they normally would be getting for free on traditional social media?
1: Well, you know the old adage "You get what you pay for, and it's quite obvious on the internet that a lot of these this free content is actually not very good content at all. facebook's recognized this, and uh, youtube for example, you can pay a subscription to YouTube to remove all ads so it's almost here at the moment, although at the moment, if you pay the nine dollars ninety nine a month to remove the ads, you're actually paying YouTube. If this happened on Bitcoin SV, you'd be paying the actual content creator for their content.
0: One worry I have about this is that you may just be rewarding people who get attention rather than what you said, which is sort of good content. Because actually, the only thing that matters is that people click on your work rather than that they like it or approve of it. How are we going to stop it just becoming... um, a market for attention, really?
1: It depends entirely on how the actual social media platforms set up. For example, to view a video on uh, Bitcoin SV channel, um, StreamAnity, you can either view a free video or you can pay a few cents to watch a paid-for video. So popular videos are going to generate more money for the content creator. Um, Obviously, initially, people are going to view all the free videos, but... If you're paying decent money for a decent video, you would expect production quality output. So I actually think that as time moves forward and we move out of the nascent phase of social media creation, um, influencers will bubble up to the top, just like they've bubbled up to the top currently on other social media platforms.
0: What's been your experience of trying this this kind of stuff out so far?
1: Uh, trying out the Bitcoin SV. Um, I had significant challenges when I joined the first um, Bitcoin SV application, which was Twitch, because I couldn't get my head around the fact that I also needed an electronic wallet. I didn't know what the wallet was for. Uh, So I created a money button account so that I could log into Twitch. And this for me seemed like a bit of a gateway. Fortunately, a friend who I'd met on defunct social media site, Sue, which uh, lived from 2014 to 2016, and also rewarded content creators, he gave me $5 into my Money Button wallet, which allowed me to purchase my own um, unique username, Eileen B, as opposed to having a, a numeric alias at moneybutton.com. And that $5 not only enabled me to buy my alias, but it enabled me to publish my first post on Twitch, which cost me two cents. And I've since paid it forward because I've onboarded a new user and I transferred the $5 onto the new user so that they could get started. I think this is a significant barrier to adoption at the moment, although Twitch has modified its onboarding and now gives, I think it's 50 cents to everybody who joins the platform. So at least they can start communicating on the platform. Um, Other social media platforms don't have that level of uh, restriction. Powping, for example, or PowPress, which is the blogging part of uh, um, uh, Powping. You can post without having any money in your wallet at all. It's free to post. It's free to follow. And you can get tips if your content's any good.
0: And how have you found the experience sort of um, almost emotionally? Does it change your decision about whether to like something or or retweet it or whatever, to, because you know that there's a little bit of money transaction attached to it.
1: it? It actually dramatically changed the way that I would post. I found I was less flippant. I was a lot more considered in the way that I posted. Um, on Twitch, for example, um, if you post uh, a like or um, a, a Rebranch, as it's called, it costs you money. So you're much more measured in what you decide to like. But if you think about the way that Facebook operates, particularly for uh, some commercial organizations, um, you can pay for likes. You can pay to have an army of bots liking your product. That doesn't happen. Um, on these Bitcoin SV platforms. With um, Powping, I find that if somebody, I ask a question, some somebody gives me uh, a reasonably measured answer, I will tip an amount that I think is the value of the response that I've given. And the nice thing about this particular platform, it tells you the complete amount of money that that particular has earned not just for the creator, but anybody that looks at anybody posts can see the economy of that blog post was two dollars. I haven't seen any posts that have generated twenty dollars yet, but you can see how valuable these posts are, and I think the more valuable posts will bubble up to the top as well uh, this is we're in very early days at the moment
0: part of a theory behind the these business ideas is that people really want to get rid of ads, and that they're worried about their data being sold to advertisers. Yet, you mentioned the YouTube uh, option of paying for ad-free, and I don't think it's been a huge success. I mean, are you convinced that there really is resistance to advertising and a worry about data that is going to change people's behaviour?
1: I think it's it 's going to take a while to change people 's behavior if you remember to uh, back to about two thousand and seven two thousand and eight when Facebook um, released itself onto the general public and uh, took it out of universities, one of facebook 's key mantras was it 's free and always will be so we have a whole generation of people who 've grown up in this free economics environment everything's for free and people expect that everything they use on social media, it should be free. But all of these platforms need to provide the infrastructure, the staff, the anti-spam, the anti-virus, the um, anti-bots. So where does the money come from? This is why these platforms have had to adopt an advertising model to actually pay for the the economics of buying the infrastructure that they need. This seems to be a complete reboot and a refresh. And as people move forward, uh, say, in another five years, they will come to expect to pay for good quality content. We already pay for gated content for online newspapers, for example. We pay subscriptions. And this is the start of the way that people are going to have to accept the fact that we pay for good quality content. Think about Netflix. People were reluctant to pay for a British TV license fee. But look, people are very, very happy now to pay for satellite channels, cable channels, um, streaming channels. And that's outside of blockchain. So I think adoption will be um, eased by the fact that people are starting to get used to pay for to pay for their content.
0: I think Netflix is an interesting case because Netflix could have chosen to make you pay for everything that you watch sort of one by one. But they've chosen instead to make it a subscription thing. It means that you don't think every time you watch a film or a program. And in fact, it goes in the other direction, because every time you watch something, if you do think about the money, you think, oh, well, I'm getting even better value for it this time. Whereas the Bitcoin SV model is reducing everything to the smallest possible unit so that it becomes so small you don't even worry about it. I mean... Do you think that's a viable model as well?
1: Then? I'm actually quite pleased you mentioned Netflix because Netflix has got a little bit of a challenge because um, owners of Netflix subscriptions are quite happy to share their username and password with up to five people, not necessarily in their friends and their uh, family mode, where it's actually illegal to share your username and password on Netflix, and yet it's rife. Now put let's translate that onto the blockchain. How are you going to share your username and wallet address to somebody who is not yourself? I think that model of uh, free sharing so that anybody can look at your Netflix subscription will change the fact because I am not going to give anybody my wallet address or my wallet login because that is my access to my money. So accessing paid for content on the blockchain is for me alone because I'm certainly not going to share it with anybody else. And if you think about it in that sort of model, then the Netflix model doesn't work at all.
0: There are examples like Patreon, where in the sort of conventional internet, people are paying for things that uh, you might see for free on YouTube. Is that the the, the shape of things to come, do you think?
1: I think very much so. But I think adoption of Patreon for the amount of subscribers that uh, some successful YouTubers have, um, the amount of Patreon donations they get is very low because it, it, it acts, it's almost a barrier to entry. Oh, go to Patreon, then pay a subscription, pay some money. And people don't want to do that. People want to click to view. And if the money's deducted at source, then that's fine. People don't want to have two or three steps to actually get to the piece of content they want. The frictionless, Uh, although it's a bit of a cumbersome word, that's what everybody wants. They don't want to click to pay. They want to swipe and see. And I I think that uh, Bitcoin SV needs to work very hard on bringing the apps together to make this frictionless. So you've got frictionless sign-on, frictionless payments, and frictionless viewing so that people can see what they want as quickly as possible.
0: There is also this idea that you own your own data. Uh, it, It lives forever on the blockchain. And in theory, you can migrate from one app to another, from one business to another, and your data would still be available to you. The flip side of that is that the business, if it's a sort of a version of Instagram or or a version of Twitter, doesn't accumulate the assets in the same way. And so I'm wondering really whether in the end, as a business, it will have the same value that the the conventional model allows those businesses to acquire.
1: I think it will, because if you as a business are taking a microscopic transaction fee from any time anybody pays or pays to post, that business itself will generate enough money to run the business, to grow the business, to become more scalable, and it would also start to become profitable. If you think how many YouTube videos are watched every second, imagine if even a quarter of one cent was actually going to the vendor who are uh, the platform owner from the transaction of somebody viewing the video that's a huge amount of money that is actually being shared across the vendor and the content creators themselves
0: now as a journalist you write about a very wide variety of uh, tech stories and I had a look at uh, Zdnet where you where you Right. And just in the past few days, you've, you've written about night vision cameras, LinkedIn, smart devices, and Facebook, amongst various other things. That's just like a couple of days. Now, with your knowledge of the, sort of the, the tech scene in a broader sense, what do you make of the, the BSV crowd and the, the people who are starting businesses in, in this sector?
1: It's it's quite interesting. Um, when I started writing about uh, blockchain and Bitcoin, I became fascinated in not only the technical capabilities of BSV, but I wanted to find out about other types of blockchain to almost maintain vendor neutrality because I found that every time, I remember I wrote about the Genesis Protocol back in February because to me, scalability coming from an enterprise perspective, scalability is massively important. And when I wrote about the Genesis Protocol, the trolling I received on Twitter lasted for nearly three weeks and I never had that before. When I write about enterprise blockchain, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, any of the other uh, Bitcoin protocols, I get no trolling whatsoever. So that's actually piqued my interest. Why am I getting trolling only when I write about Bitcoin SV? What is it about Bitcoin SV that people hate so much? They want to bully somebody like me into not attending this conference, not writing about it. And the trolling is amazing, amazingly vicious uh, for Just an ordinary piece of technology that talks about Bitcoin SV as a protocol. I even write about enterprise blockchain, IBM blockchain. Nobody trolls me when I write about IBM blockchain. Uh, Nobody trolls me when I write about sustainability and immutability and uh, supply chain logistics. Anytime I write about anything to do with Bitcoin SV, I am uh, absolutely hounded by trolls. It's fascinating to watch from a human perspective.
0: And what do you put that down to then?
1: Somebody or some group of people are heavily financially invested in making certain that Bitcoin SV does not succeed.
0: Those people who are sending you those messages have a financial interest in BSV failing. Is that is that what you're saying? That's
1: exactly right. I remember when I wrote about the um, Genesis protocol, I got uh, a direct message through Twitter from somebody that said, I run a supply chain app. I want you to uh, do a paid article about this supply chain app on blockchain. Well, the piece of information that the uh, Twitter user gave me just didn't make technical sense, which is good that Uh, Although I write about things from a journalistic perspective, I am also a a hidden geek and a deep techie going back to 1993. So I instantly understood that the technology that he wanted me to do paid-for work was actually uh, unviable, technically. And then I looked at his profile and he had no followers at all. So he was obviously trying to get evidence that I was a paid shill for Bitcoin SV and willing to write for money. And in actual fact, I have purposely never bought any Bitcoin of any type, and I've never mined any Bitcoin. And I believe that will enable me to keep completely vendor neutral and focus on the technology.
0: Okay, I'm slightly fishing for compliments here, but have you concluded that basically we are the good guys?
1: Okay, so this is my technical opinion, uh, not my personal (laughs) uh, opinion about you, Charles. Having come from a software environment, I worked at Microsoft for eight years. Having come from a software environment, I've always been puzzled about the soft forking um, of the Bitcoin protocol, because once a protocol is actually fixed, if you think about something like HTTP or FTP, or if you're old enough, you can go back to the all the other technologies, if, uh, if older guys remember the Gopher protocol. There was a bit of a mishmash in the early 70s of different protocols, but we've settled on HTTP. FTP doesn't really come to the fore anymore. And that's what's happening with the Bitcoin protocol. I very much support the hard forking because then you've got consensus among every other node in the network. They agree on the protocol. You've got stability in the protocol and it's not going to be um, at the whim of some young person in his bedroom deciding that they want this particular fork. I really like the scalability aspect when you can put thousands and thousands of transactions in a, a, a big block site. And that's what drew me to Bitcoin SV initially. And the fact that future plans involve terabyte size blocks. And you can put millions of transactions in terabyte size blocks. So the cost per per block is huge to the successful miner, but the cost per transaction for millions of people in that block is absolutely tiny. Contrast that with the transaction cost of um, uh, BTC, Bitcoin, at the moment, but more importantly, the, the processing power that you need to actually process one block. No wonder it's not scalable. Having decent quality, horizontal scalability, and a distributed architecture, whoever uses that is going to win.
0: Well, just to finish off, I want to just go back to your marketing expertise. And you've, you've written your book about uh, social media marketing for business. I mean, to what extent is the sort of perception of Bitcoin SV a marketing problem, do you think? and And to what extent should we be... Addressing that and how
1: I've actually written two books. The other one's called Digital Marketer, uh, which is more a a career guide. Even more
0: appropriate, probably.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a career guide. uh, If you want to become a digital marketer, these are the fundamental skills. I think a lot. There's a lot of negativity about Bitcoin SV. Um, I think this will fade in time. I think influencers need to join the SV platform, and also I think you need. Credible technical people who can actually explain in synthesized and simplified language just how important it is to have an immutable ledger that never changes, and you've got the scalability that is absolutely worth investing for a large business. And I think once you get the people on board in Bitcoin SV who can actually explain things in business terms, as I said in the presentation, um, analysts Gartner have predicted that by 2030, the business value of across all Bitcoins is $3.1 trillion. That's a massive amount of business value for any type of business to be on the Bitcoin. And how Bitcoin SV progresses in the next 10 years to take... Itself To the next level with enterprise scalability, load balancing, failover, uh, decent transaction sizes. Uh, and I, th- I think that in a, a few more years, once we've gone past the uncertainty and startup mentality of a lot of the Bitcoin SV projects, I think we'll start to get enterprise stability across the whole protocol.
0: Well, Eileen, you've said some very positive things about Bitcoin SV, and I really hope that you don't pay the price in your social media feeds uh, for, for all that. But uh, it's been very good to talk to you. So thank you very much for doing this.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Bye now.
1: Thanks very much to
0: Eileen Brown. Please join me next week when I hear all about the Internet of Things and BSV's future role in it, especially in relation to smart cities. That's what GeoSpox Richard Baker has been telling me about. Please join Richard and me next week. Thanks for listening and goodbye.